Hello everybody, this is Kia from Wicked Majesty and you are listening to Tea and Terror Podcast, the show that entertains with true and fictional stories from beyond the grave for people who love horror. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tea and Terror Podcast. I am your host, Kia Reed. Tonight, I will be reading The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. This is the last part of the Yellow Wallpaper series. If you're just joining in for the story and you're feeling lost within the narration, my suggestion would be to listen to the previous episodes. That way, you'll be up to date with the story. If you have been following this entire series, thank you so much for listening, and I really appreciate you. Please tell me what you thought of the series and what you like to hear more of. If you like what you hear tonight and you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or SoundCloud, then please share the Tea and Terror podcast with others and add it to your playlist. If you're listening from my Wicked Majesty YouTube channel, please hit that like button and subscribe to my channel. Thank you all so much. Now on with the story. I really have discovered something at last. Through watching so much at night, when it changes so, I have finally found out. The front pattern does move, and no wonder. The woman behind shakes it. Sometimes I think there are great many women behind, and sometimes only one. And she crawls around fast, and her crawling shakes it all over. Then in the very bright spots, she keeps still, and in the very shady spots, she just takes hold of the bars and shakes them hard. And she is all the time trying to climb through, but nobody can climb through that pattern. It strangles so. I think that's why it has so many heads. They get through, and then the patterns strangle them off and turns them upside down and makes their eyes white. If those heads were covered or taken off, it would not be half so bad. I think that woman gets out in the daytime, and I'll tell you why privately. I've seen her. I can see her out of every one of my windows. It is the same woman, I know, for she is always creeping, and most women do not creep by daylight. I see her on that long shaded lane, creeping up and down. I see her in the dark grape arbors, creeping all around the garden. I see her on the long road under the trees, creeping along, and when a carriage comes, she hides under the blackberry vines. I don't blame her a bit. It must be very humiliating to be caught creeping by daylight. I always lock the door when I creep by daylight. I can't do it at night, for I know John would suspect something at once. And John is so queer now that I don't want to irritate him. I wish he would take another room. Besides, I don't want anybody to get that woman out at night but myself. I often wonder if I can 
can see her out of all the windows at once, but turn as fast as I can. I can only see out of one at one time, and though I always see her, she may be able to creep faster than I can turn. I have watched her sometimes away off in the open country, creeping as fast as a cloud shadow in a high wind. If only that top pattern could be gotten off from the under one. I mean, to try it, little by little. I have found out another funny thing, but I shan't tell it this time. It does not do to trust people too much. There are only two more days to get this paper off, and I believe John is beginning to notice. I don't like the look in his eyes, and I heard him ask Jenny a lot of professional questions about me. She had a very good report to give. She said I slept a good deal in the daytime. John knows I don't sleep very well at night or all I'm so quiet. He asked me all sorts of questions too and pretended to be very loving and kind as if I couldn't see through him. Still I don't wonder he acts so. Sleeping under this paper for three months it only interests me but I feel feel sure John and Jenny are secretly affected by it. Hooray! This is the last day, but it is enough. John is to stay in town overnight and won't be out until this evening. Jenny wanted, wanted to sleep with me, sly thing, but I told her I should undoubtedly rest better for a night all alone. That was clever, for really, I wasn't alone a bit. As soon as it was moonlight and that poor thing began to crawl and shake the pattern, I got up and ran to help her. I pulled and she she shook. I shook and she pulled and before morning we had peeled off yards of that paper. A strip about as high as my head and half around the room. And then when the sun came and that awful pattern began to laugh at me I declared I would finish it today. We go away tomorrow and they are moving all my furniture down again to leave things as they were before. Jenny looked at the wall in amazement but I told her merrily that I did it out of pure spite at the vicious thing. She laughed and said she wouldn't mind doing it herself, but I must not get tired. How she betrayed herself that time. But I am here, and no person touches this paper but me. Not alive. She tried to get me out of the room. It was too patent, but I said it was so quiet and empty and clean now that I believed I would lie down again and sleep all I could and not to wake me even for dinner. I would call when I woke. So now she's gone and the servants are gone and the things are gone and there is nothing left but that great bedstead nailed down with a canvas mattress we found on it. We shall sleep downstairs tonight and take the boat home tomorrow. I quite enjoy the room now. It is bare again. How those children did tear about here. This bedstead is fairly gnawed but I must get to work. I have locked the door and thrown the key down in the front path. I don't want to go out and I don't want to have anybody come in till John comes. I want to astonish him. I got a rope up here that even Jenny did not find. If that woman does get out and tries to get away, I can tire. But I forgot. I could not reach far without anything to stand on. This bed will not move. I tried to lift and push it until 
until I was lame. And then I got so angry, I bit off a little piece at one corner, but it hurt my teeth. Then I peeled off the paper, all the paper I could reach standing on the floor. It sticks horribly, and the pattern just enjoys it. All those strangled heads and bubbleless eyes and waddling fungus growths just shrieks with derision. I am getting angry enough to do something desperate. To jump out of the window would be admirable at exercise, but the bars are too strong even to try. Besides, I wouldn't do it. Of course not. I know well enough that a step like that is improperly and might be misconstrued. I don't like, I don't like to look out of the windows. Even there are so many of those creeping women and they creep so fast. I wonder if they all come out of that wallpaper as I did, but I am securely fastened now by my well-hidden rope. You don't get me out in the road there. I suppose I shall have to get back behind the pattern when it comes night, and that is hard. It is so pleasant to be out in this great room and creep around as I please. I don't want to go outside. I won't, even if Jenny asks me to. For outside, you have to creep on the ground, and everything is green instead of yellow. But here I can creep smoothly on the floor, and my shoulder just fits in that long smooch around the wall, so I cannot lose my way. Why, there's John at the door. It is no use, young man. You can't open it. How does he call and pound? Now he's crying for an axe. It would be a shame to break down that beautiful door. John, dear, said I in the gentlest voice. The key is on the front doorstep. Under the button leaf, the silence, that silenced him for a few moments. Then he said, very quietly indeed, open the door, darling. I can't, I said. The key is down by the front door, under the plantain leaf. And then I said it again, several times, very gently and slowly, and said it so often that he had to go and see, and he got it, of course, and came in. He stopped short by the door. What's the matter? He cried. For God's sake, what are you doing? I kept on creeping just the same, but I looked at him over my shoulder. I've got out at last, said I, in spite of you and Jane, and I've pulled off most of the paper so you can't put me back. Now, why should that man have fainted? But he did, and right across my path by the wall, so that I had to creep over him every Time. Well, that is our episode for the week. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more episodes coming up in the future, then definitely add the Tea and Terror to your playlist on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can also check out the show on my Wicked Majesty channel. This is Kia, and I will catch you next week. Same time, same place. Have a good night.